Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me, I have written it down, as always, is the miniature maiden of mandatory completion, Bethany <laughs> McChesney. So you, you didn't get that one from the top of your head last minute? No, I, I, I wrote it down like 10 minutes ago. Oh, good. <laughs> I, was, I did prep work. And we are brought to you by Duonamic creators of cool ass door frame things that are awesome and they actually duonamic is giving away at the upcoming deck of strong they're giving away uh one to the both male and female winners which is super cool little added bonus for deck of strong not that you can sign up anyway but <laughs> next time maybe we'll get them <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and um you know what we have a new sponsor bring i'll tell you about that later so we'll go through that later on um so today we're we're obviously we're we're jacked i'm all excited i was crap at work today uh i was i was pretty useless like i'm not really good at work normally i i know i don't you know i'm surprised shit holds together but um but yeah it was all ocrwc it was all in my head and in reality we actually we were slow so that means i had more time to like look at my phone and, <laughs> and scan for shit and talk to people and I'm like oh it's no good it's just no good but mm -hmm. So we hadn't started recording and we do have, uh, we might have a guest coming, hopefully. We'll see how that goes. Um, but we got talking about obstacles and then Ryan made a good point. Why the hell aren't you recording this? So let's start again. So, <laughs> um, Did you want to talk about some of the obstacles and the names? Yeah, yeah. Let's go through it. Because you said there's some of them that you have no idea what they are. And let's go through the ones that we just talked about anyway. And, um, and we'll go through that because you said... What was the first one you asked about was um canyon okay so canyon like like canyon like i said last year was there it's an inverted valkyrie so you're going to start high on the rings and then you're going to go down on a 45 degree angle and then come back up the other side they did it two ways last year for the 3k it was like nasty hard and really low people had to get really tight up so i mean for you me really not too bad but anybody over six foot tall like a, like a jack bauer or something like that had mm -hmm. to get super cramped up there and that was a little bit difficult. And then they kind of, I didn't really like this, but I get the reasoning behind it. They kind of nerfed it for the 15K and they raised it up. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to come. But then a guy like Leon came along and pretty much just swung straight under it and right to the other side. Yeah. So I don't know what one we're going to see. Maybe. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, this is hard for the tall people and gives the short people an advantage. <laughs> we should change it. <laughs> why <laughs> exactly exactly right yeah yeah for the first time ever <laughs> do you remember um the first year we did ocrwc 2017 and skull valley how high it was to get started i couldn't get on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh jeff my, my son jeff that was his first year doing it he was 13 and it took him he had no problem doing the obstacle but it took him six tries to get started yeah I had to climb up the thing attached to the ring to even like get my fingertips on it. And I just, at that point, my band was gone. So that was my like third OCR race ever. And everybody said, oh, just, just jump, just do this, just do that. And now oh they all whined about, about Canyon. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yes. So that's Canyon. What, what else do we got? Um, Triumph. Triumph. Uh, like I said, that's Dragon's Back, essentially. If I, 
I could be mistaken, but in the past it has been like Dragon's Back. And so essentially you are jumping from one platform across to another one that'll be on a very steep angle with a bar over top. You grab the bar, your feet land on the platform. And I don't know how many sections will be. Sometimes they have a cargo net and a rope climb at the end of it. Remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, ricochet. This is the one where it's the rings and you have to push off a wall to change direction, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and this one was there last year. Yeah, it was right near the end. It seems to be right near the end again. I I haven't done this one yet, but it looks like a lot of fun. Um, it does look fun, yeah. I have heard that sometimes for some short people, so they'll make it easier, obviously. Um, that that ricochet, literally, that bounce off the wall, you really got to push far to get that first reach. Okay, good to know. Um, oh, twists on life? No clue. Okay. <laughs> no, that's... that's uh, that's not twist. That's not twist on life. No, I know what you're talking. She, she thinks oh. it's a hockey roller one, but it's not. That's something else. I think well, my um, my download version is actually pretty blurry. Oh, this so we don't know what that one is. Okay, well, I've got this. Is just the three K map I've got there. Oh, twist on life. No, I think you're right. Yeah, Riley's right. It is the hockey version one. So it's that. You'll have oh, like, yeah, yeah. Were We've you been practicing rolling? this all our lives. Yeah. Right. This is what every kid in, in uh, Canada grows up doing to strengthen the wrist shot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, and the one after that says d descent or? So descent is generally a, sorry, a, a downhill rig. And I believe it was a bit of a low rig last year. Okay. Nice. I like those. Um, we were discussing Stairway 3.0. Okay. So I'll say this, like I said, Stairway 3.0, I really don't know. But I do know Stairway 2.0 was made by Battle of the Lions, so Sid and those guys. And it was essentially almost kind of like Valkyrie, but with the different attachments. Instead of rings, you had those kind of T-bar step attachments that you have on the force five rig right so um upside those do swing which is nice as opposed to regular stairway uh and you can also grab from each side therefore making an opposing grip that helps a lot so mm -hmm. you get a little more uh versatility in how you can climb up it and you can also chicken wing it quite well on the way down or nice. even on the way up right so you can kind of hug the hug the bar and climb up and hug the bar that way mm -hmm. downside is especially if it gets wet is those steel painted t-bars get very slick so oh yeah so weather can uh, have a lot to do with it <clears throat> yeah mm -hmm. so that's but that's stairway 2.0 stairway 3.0 no clue been searching been digging got nothing hmm. yeah i i hope because i don't see the regular stairway otherwise are the traditional wood one so i hope this is just like the regular stairway with a ring or a bar and then the transition down yeah it's not gonna be tough break <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so because the old one was a wooden one right and it's it was starting to fall apart and i think now they've gone to assembling so many obstacles with that kind of scaffold tubing that tubing clamp scaffold style because it yeah. is very easy to disassemble to reassemble and to you know to send on its way to to store yeah. so and again when it gets wet like this one was nasty in 2018 oh, yeah. when it was wet yeah absolutely. Um, 
And we're also saying stairway, traditional stairway was an obstacle. Um, in So in 2019, it was the seventh or eighth obstacle in a whole line of really grip intensive obstacles that went through the festival area. You come out of the festival area, you're super, super pumped. And then they had stairway, the regular stairway 1.0. And um, I had heard that something like 60 to 65% of females lost their band on stairway. So um, then they, uh, and then the next year we saw it with the ring or the bar. So again, I don't know if they kind of evaluated, if they look at the stats about is maybe an obstacle too hard. I think the placement of that one in that race was really what the demise of it was, is um, coming out of seven grip intensive obstacles to then have to do a really difficult obstacle. Yeah. And again, that transition is so hard going across the top for someone whose wingspan is almost the length of uh, the transition. So um, yeah, so I think that's why they changed it. So I'm curious to see what 3.0 is now. We get back into it. Okay, so confidence climb, confidence climb. It's more. I think, yeah, that's probably midway. Thirteen. Yeah, that's kind of. If I'm not mistaken, that's kind of like almost like a, a barn door slash um, skid pallet kind of climb over wall. It's, it's a wall. Yeah, right. A really high wall. Yeah, yeah. but it's very easy to climb. It's not like it's not like a. Not like a regular eight foot or ten foot Spartan wall kind of deal. Right. Okay. What's the snake pit? Snake pit. Uh, Tarzan ropes essentially. So yeah, you get a bunch of ropes hanging down. You got to traverse horizontally across the Tarzan ropes. Okay, so you can use your feet. That one's yep. fine. Yep. Yep. Shouldn't be too bad. Okay, and the 2014 rig. That's nostalgia, man. Okay, this <laughs> was before my OCR time. <laughs> So I think, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it is essentially the, it's a platinum reg rig, um, mm -hmm. but it's the same setup, I believe, that they had in 2014, which was the first year of OCRWC, and the rig destroyed everybody. Oh boy, so let's bring it back. <laughs> no, it's, but see, the difference is now everybody, in 2014, nobody had seen a rig, and everybody's like, what the fuck do I do with this? Right, right. Everybody's confused and lost and dropping left, right, and center, but now you look at it, and it's like, okay, that's challenging, but it's, you know, I know what to do, right? I Right. The rig. So it's just kind of a random, it's assortment of different grips and stuff. Yeah, there is actually a, uh, there was a picture of it on, I began, I see so much Instagram that I, uh, I don't remember whose it was, but there actually was a video of it, was, I think. Was it when um, oh, Ulrich? Yeah. VJ Shoes. Yeah. VJ Shoes. Shoes. Yeah, VJ Shoes put it. VJ Shoes has been putting out lots of videos, which is really cool. Or, or mm -hmm. info. But I have it right here. And essentially, so you're looking at a ring to a T-bar to a vertical rope to a stirrup to a horizontal bar to low monkey bars to another stirrup T-bar to a ring. Nice. Okay. So it's doable. It sounds like the one actually in 2017. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of is a little similar. Yeah. Um, and it's, it looks like those monkey bars are low too. So you're going to have to be up and tight. So for sure. And you won't be able to use your feet on them. I don't think so. I would be surprised if you were able to use your feet on it, but who knows? Sometimes the rules are different. I don't see in the video, any padding below it. And generally if there's no padding, you're not allowed to use your feet. Right. So that's okay. that's what I usually go by. If there's padding, feet are okay. 
if there's not, then, you know, too scary. Because if anyone falls, bam. Yeah. And the Force 5 rig that's at the beginning, do you think this one will be like it was? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be that classic setup, kind of the, what is it like? Um, With the big ring, the big, big wheels. ring in the middle, T-bars on the other side. And yeah. 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 It's, it's a really fun, flowy rig. Yeah, not, it is. It's not like a killer challenge. I mean, it's still... You know, it's a rig you're hanging. Some people will find it difficult, but, you know, it, it, it's a fun, flowy one. And I have seen somebody jump from the end, grab the wheel, and hit the bell. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was tempted to try it one time because I volunteered there for a little while. And I was tempted to try it, and they had lots of hay down below. But I wasn't worried about falling. I was worried about cracking my head or something on the way to the ring in the middle. Getting, like, yeah. <laughs> and getting hit do there. So I... I I didn't, I, I was too cowardly. I didn't do it. <laughs> the risk was not worth the reward. Yeah. Was it the juice wasn't worth the squeeze or whatever? I, I... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the only ones that I didn't know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of things that are different. Um, I am really interested in drop zone, not knowing what drop zone is, uh, other than it's a rig type obstacle. If you're reading the rules, that one got me because that is on the 3K. And, mm -hmm. um, I think those are the only ones. Um, ones people have difficulty with, right? That maybe we can help out a little bit. Uh, Legaff, right? I've seen a lot of people struggle with Legaff, and I th I've always thought that that was like Northman made that obstacle, and it's a great obstacle. It was really well done, um, very inventive, very creative, and there's still not really anything like it. So yeah. people don't get to practice it very much because it's a different. It's not a strength thing. It's it's a technique thing. And I found there's two ways to do it. One, if there if there's pegs low on the board, so sometimes on the wood, and you'll see there's little foot spaces on the two by fours down on the bottom, you can rest there, get behind it, and pull because you're at a good enough angle. So if that's the case, you can drop low. Um, sometimes on the steel bars, it almost looks like there's a washer welded around the bottom on the poles. You can do it then too. But when there's not, that's a little more difficult. So you have to be a little careful when you drop down lower. Um, if you're up at the top and you're trying to pull it back just from stagnant position, it will not work. You're just going to stand there looking foolish or hang there looking foolish. <laughs> what I like to do when I get on that thing is just like everything else, use momentum. So when you get the first one to go, I grab the second one and almost give a pull back and jump onto it and slide around. And that momentum carries it over. So it's a little more advanced, but it's a little faster. And uh, I find it works good. So just something to play with if you want to. But if there's foot pegs, get low and do your thing from there. Mm -hmm. and if there's not you have to climb up it well even still you have to climb up it in a way but if you're up on the angle you that's where you you you're better from the one before to notice there's no foot pegs on it and to use that momentum to instantly get on and carry it over right okay yeah or you have to have a really good tight foot lock around the pole when you get down to the bottom right so, mm -hmm. from the look of the video i saw it looked like there may be only one without a foot peg and that looked like the last one okay so beware you might have to climb up on that one yeah well i think if you do it right if you if you come off the last one with the foot peg and then get up high on that one even if you don't get it to swing over you know mm -hmm. you can you can tap the bell from on it without getting it to swing what's your suggestion there well a lot of times you think you can't reach something but if you just put your arm out there you can. <laughs> how many times have you seen somebody do that they're like just reach it's and true like i can't it's, it's true. You, you do see people doing that all the time where the like arm is half bent because they're too cautious and they're afraid. And if they just reached, it's right there. We yeah. went to, 
So we went to a ninja competition one time with my son and his buddy. And there was this kind of cool obstacle. It was like this perfect cube made out of, out of steel pipe or whatever. And then a ring and then another perfect cube made out of steel pipe and then the dismount. So my, my son's friend, Robbie, he got in the first cube, got through it, got on the ring and just hung there swinging. <laughs> and we're screaming at him, just reach with anything. It was right there. It was like he could reach with a foot, with a hand, anything he wanted. It was it was right there. Maybe could have bit it with his teeth. I don't know. <laughs> but instead, he hung there until he fell. <laughs> it's just like I've seen a lot of times with people, they just they get stuck and they get stationary and they just they freeze up and they don't just reach, just go for it. Mm-hmm. And remember, you have feet, especially with some of those obstacles. You can, if you need to, you can kickstart the thing in front of you to get it to swing backwards. Right. Yeah. Uh, Legaff. What else was there? Um, the snake pit thing, right? Just use your feet. It's just like rope climb, except you're, instead of going up, you're going sideways. Keep it yeah. But I, and I, we haven't seen with Gibbons uh, how many it's going to be. No, history suggests four or five, or five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, you cannot kick the bell at OCRWC, if I remember correct. I was looking through the rules, and it didn't say it anywhere in the rules, which I found a little bit shocking. Um, but to my knowledge, you've never been able to kick the bell at OCRWC. No. Um, I think the only one still you can do that at was Indian Mudrun and Savage. But that said, in the past, and last year especially, Gibbons, if you could do one, two transitions, you were fine. Yeah. So that's It could be that way. Ah, I hope it's a little more because it is a great technical obstacle. Mm-hmm. And right now, there is nothing else they use like it. And I'd like to see them make it for what it's worth. And if they are allowing the chicken wing, which they do, um... That just means to me you should make it longer and or at least you know spread them out a little bit yeah the chicken wing technique definitely changes the obstacle and it's not like people don't still fail with the chicken wing it just it still scares me and i i've done the chicken wing with gibbons when the edges are of the actual hold are right in the elbow crease Sometimes you have to be so careful when you put your arm into that second one and just make sure your arm is right in the middle of the wood peg and not on the edges. So two two words of warning for the chicken wing. I do not like it. And yet people who saw me at the Indian Mud Run when I was volunteering there will say that I taught a ton of people how to do it. And yes, I did. And I haven't slept since. No, um, it, it's just, okay, yeah, it, I, I showed people how to do it because, you know, I, I'm trying to get them across. But I also warned everybody that showed how to do it that this is not, that there are some perils to it. And word of the wise, I mean, Ryan and I, uh, when we, and you were there, when we went to Course Extreme and they had it, at least I think you were there that time, and yeah. a girl chicken wing, and she came off and the, the angle iron cut her watch off. Yeah, I came saw that. that. Yeah, came that close to her, and then even uh, we had our buddy Chris Otis over the other night practicing because he had not done Gibbons in a competition before, and he tried it. And when he came off, you know, it just took a chunk, chunk of skin out right beside us. It wasn't that bad. It just was a graze, but it just shows you how close and how quick it is. I, I mean, the what is it? The haze in the barn now. It is what it is, and if you can't grip it at this point, you're not going to build up enough grip strength by the time you get there. But yeah, I do suggest that's something you work on. And 
here's some things that I used that mentally help technique wise. One, you do not, if you are going to grip it without chicken wing or without chicken wing, you don't need a lot of swing, right? right. If, if you're going to skip, sure. Go for a lot of swing. You, if, if you're skipping and you're that confident, you don't need my advice, but if you're worried about it and you, you're just starting with it, you don't need a lot of swing. Number two, lock the thumb over the fingers with your grip. Just make sure you can get it on there, right? So you got that lock in a little extra, might buy you an extra second or two, and that might be all you need. Um, when you do your grip, think of it more in the form, locking that wrist over like, like, like an arm wrestler grip where you've cranked it over. You're probably not going to be able to hold that grip that way, but just thinking like that will, again, buy you more time and will keep you in a better angle and also it will help you keep the rest of your arm your shoulder your lats everything engaged and if you keep all that engaged you have a better chance of holding on and the last thing is lift your feet up pick your feet up that again by doing that is going to help keep your body engaged and keep everything going so those are tips so that help me with this one too when i practice it when i'm fatiguing is so when you're you have one hand on your hold and then you're holding the other peg in the other hand as i'm swinging through i hook two fingers on it so it's matching um to to get through it so every my weight isn't all hanging on one arm you're st you're still holding the peg but you kind of hook a couple fingers on that bar as you swing through now, i've tried that a couple times i've never been able to get that to work for me but i always thought it was a great idea um mm -hmm. have you ever tried when you did that instead of hooking in the same direction, hooking the other way to stop the peg from rotating. Mm, I haven't tried that, no. It's just but a thought, I maybe... haven't had issues with it yeah. rotating. But maybe give that a shot this week. Just give it a, a try. Because if yeah. you're able to do that other grip, that might just be, again, another... You might feel easier. It might not, but it might feel easier. And it definitely should curtail any rotation of the dowel. Mm -hmm. Just right. like, yeah. You just like, so, I mean, I'd, I'd give that a shot. That's a mm -hmm. good tip. <laughs> good tip. Um, regular rig tips for everything too, right? Uh, as many points of contact as possible. So if you can use your feet, use them. If you can use yeah. two hands, use it. I mean, this, and again, I'm speaking for people who are going to struggle on the obstacles. If um, you want a class on obstacle efficiency, well, that's a different deal, right? Then we're going to talk, you know, lock-offs versus monkey swing versus skipping where and when. That's, that's different. We're going to talk about people who are doing what they can to get through so use as many points of contact as possible. Use opposing grip as much as possible. Uh, if, uh, for example, you're going from a vertical grip to a vertical grip, um, you lead your lead hand, you go a little lower, your trailing hand, you go up above that one and you'll traverse better. Just little tips. These are actually gold. I'm just giving this away for free, Bethany. <laughs> Skitch. How do you do with Skitch? What do you think about that? Uh, well, skitch, I'm like, I'm in a tight lock off with skitch and then just small movements, keeping my arms in as tight as I can. And then there's probably going to be a transition from one bar to another. And then I just, I throw my hips up to take some of the pressure off. And then as quickly as you can, I get as high on the holds as I can too. Yeah. And, and that's, that's perfect. That's the, that's the textbook way to do it. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that I'll say when you're starting sketch, slide, like push off with your feet and slide all the way. Right. Up yeah. You kind of run up and slide as far as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to run, like just get your body up there. You're standing up and then slide horizontally and go with right. it. Then when you completed the transition, I find it's, this has just been something that I've noticed if I take, so I lead with my right hand. If I bring my 
kind of almost do an abdominal crunch a bit and bring my left hip up that leans my body forward and makes it easier to shuffle along. It's just a, a little thing that seems to help. Uh, the other thing with skitch though, is what if you can't hold the lock off? And there are a lot of people that can't hold that lock off. You're fine until the transition. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm, just, I'm trying to, th I, I rarely see people do it without a lock off. Yeah. So, but there are mm -hmm. a lot of people that cannot do that lock off. And if you are in that case, you get to that transition. This is where you're going to have to get that pendulum motion going back and forth with your hips, right? So as then you get that when you're going forward, that's when you got to take that one hand up and put it to the other side and then same back. So if you, I don't recommend a straight arm technique, but if some people have no other choice, that's how you get across when you're straight armed and you're on that is just rocking back and forth, just like you would on a set. Uh, if you were trying to do shoulder taps or hip taps or whatever on a, on a straight bar. And then when you get that side going up, your lead hand going up, transition, come back, get set, get it going. When your lead hand's going back, that's when you get the trailer hand. Mm -hmm. Complicated, but it does work. So last year on Skitch, somebody, and we think it might have been Kelly, something, we're not sure, but they kind of did the Skitch in like a one motion and just like bang, bang, <laughs> like just at perfect timing that you kind of, uh -huh. in your yeah in your mind and in your dreams you're like yeah this is how that works and nobody ever does it <laughs> but then somehow that person hit it and it was it was pretty cool that was awesome mm -hmm. um other obstacles that i think we dragon's back or what what are they calling it triumph triumph okay be brave yeah i i got, I got nothing else <laughs> i've had i have seen people lose their ban on this because it you just get so in your head i think this is one where it's like you just don't think about it and you just jump and i mean it it's not really that far no like i usually over jump it and i almost take my face into the bar that's not helping <laughs> i know but that's what i mean it's really like you watch people do it and it really doesn't take that much to get to the next bar so you'll be fine yeah yeah and and again land soft like mm -hmm. land like you're jumping off a box jump and trying to get that nice soft landing so land soft with your legs grab with your hands you, you're going to be just fine it's it's not hard it's just a little scary so yeah number one tip be brave mm -hmm. and i forgot one thing about the rig tips too point your hand in the direction you want to go i know it sounds silly but i've had lots of people i see them and they get going and they're stuck and they'll maybe be grabbing a stirrup in front of them or something in front of them. And they'll have their hand in a supinated position pointing back to them. Well, that makes it really hard to twist your body around to get going. So point your hand in that pronated position away from mm -hmm. you and you'll twist better. So same thing if you happen to get in gibbons and you you maybe set the, the dowel in with the with your hand facing you. Release, regrip the other way around. Don't take the dowel out. Release the dowel, <laughs> regrip the other yeah. way around. And get it on. It's just a little tip keep keep going the direction you're going and um, with if you've never done these races too that just made me think of something so skitch and gibbons you have to take bring your elements back to the bucket yes yeah housekeeping yeah <laughs> yeah and, and i think with gibbons you have to get it there's a stick and then you have to knock them out and then you have to bring your your own elements back to the bucket and it is technically an obstacle fail if you don't oh really yeah yeah i believe that yeah, and it, and it should be. However, I do 
take issue with the way they set it up. Whereas I think they should make it almost like a side loop where you run into that obstacle from the side and there's a bucket with the apparatus there. And then you go through it and then you have to almost run out that same direction, but beside it. So you drop them in that same bucket. So you essentially can't leave the obstacle without running past that bucket again. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. But I've never seen it set up that way and I've never understood why. Mm -hmm. Especially on this course where it's wide open and they should be able to do that easily. Mm -hmm. um, Valkyrie. Valkyrie did in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, it's just rings going up on a 45 degree angle and coming down. Um, you can power through it if you're good at pull-ups and whatnot and you've got enough strength in your, in your biceps and your back and everything left. You can just power through it and come down the other side. I have seen people chicken wing up and down. The biggest tip I would give people is remember you can swing. Yeah. You can still swing and use that swing to help you go up if you're, yeah. if you're kind of struggling with it. But um, yeah, um, it can be challenging. But other than that, I don't really have any tips for that. Grow stronger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can, that bell is also... Uh, like you can hit it a lot earlier typically than when you're at the bottom. And mm -hmm. if you have longer arms, you can transition. Well, I don't know unless they change it in the rules, but you don't have to go right to the top. Yeah. It seemed like, wasn't it the one year they changed that rule? I think it was maybe last year where it was like people were transitioning too early and they're like, no, now you got to go to the top. So it was like, some people had to go to the top and some people didn't. Oh, okay. I there. Like I th once you got your, I don't care which one it is, but once it's in place, that's the one and you run with it and you stay with it. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. I think. This that... one was high to fall from too, which did scare oh, yeah. me. Where it was like 22 feet. And thankfully there was lots and lots of straw, but it was still a really good fall <laughs> when you fell from the top. Cause I did fall from it from the very top. Rye took many a tumble from the very top as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, and she often says that that was very good straw padding. Yeah. Probably the most padding I've ever seen under an obstacle. Yeah. Um, urban sky seems to get more people than you'd think. And I think that's only because of the positioning of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's right by the finish line. Right by the finish line. And it, um, it's too bad because it's a really fun rig. Again, very flowy, very yeah. fun to do. One of my favorite ones I always enjoyed. I did miss, I do miss the three part one too, though. We had like three different apparatus on it. And mm -hmm. that was kind of cool. I like that one. And there was a break between each. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I think part of the problem with that was um, like what they had with the 100 meter where people just started, you know, jumping, one swing, hitting the bell, taking the break, you know, and kind of took away from the technicality of it. So I do understand why they went away from that. Um, well, it's Canyon, we talked about inverted Valkyrie. It'll be all right. People will be all right. Now. Um, ricochet, like we said, just bounce off the sides. That should be no problem. Yeah, I think those are the ones that really I find that get people. Um, so the heavy carries, there's one that says firefighter carry. The other says firefighter heavy carry. Okay. so uh, Fit fighter. <laughs> fit fighter. Not firefighter. Fit fighter. Oh, okay. Sorry. My thing is very blurry. <laughs> I think you just need old woman glasses now. I think you're just getting to that point in life. I, I do wear glasses, Dave. <laughs> I don't have them on. <laughs> so the... Um, the heavy fit carry, heavy fit fighter carry is essentially two of those rods. They're each 25 pounds and it looks like a little up and down on the hill, much similar to sandbag carries we've seen in the past. 
the other carry, I believe you're going over like a little wall and you're going kind of through this little speed course with one of the fit fighter things. Okay. I'm going to be it honest. It doesn't look that heavy. Well, each one's 25 pounds. Okay. So it's significantly lighter than the sandbags. Yeah. But when you're doing the two, that'll be 50 pounds, which was what the sandbag was. Right. And the one you're going through different obstacles. I'm going to reserve judgment on this because I can make fun of it for right now, but I'm not going to until I see how it works. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> we did see some of the videos and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's a little cringeworthy. It did remind me slightly shake weighty. Um, is that what the shake weight was? Like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It was, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, you know what? At least they stepped up and they got on board and they are getting involved, and that's great. So I will. That's why I'm reserving judgment and not trying not to be a, a, a jerk about it. <laughs> yeah. I am disappointed that Rec Bag's gone, whether they were there or not, because it was a good product. Mm -hmm. And shame on me for not buying one. That's I blame myself. Yeah, I grabbed a couple. Yeah, you know what? Every time I went, and you can ask where I this, every time I went, I'm like, I'll go buy one next time. I'll go buy one next time. Oh, uh, you know, I don't have the 50 bucks on me right now. I'll go buy it next time. Because we always, you know, with the American cash and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, we started to leave walking. We didn't get very far. I said, oh, yeah, you wanted the rec bag. Uh, I'll just get it next time. <laughs> My laziness knows no bounds. <laughs> you were so close. Yeah, but it would have to turn around. <laughs> and you know an object in motion tends to stay in motion and uh, i was going that direction i think it was done i think i'd had enough yeah mm -hmm. yeah the pizza was probably calling me mm -hmm. did you want to talk about the team race map yes yes <laughs> do your work <laughs> it's funny she's like i think i should talk more and i said yeah you should and now she's just not gonna stop <laughs> Yes, we want to talk about the team race map. What do you think of the team race map? Well, so I didn't look at it very closely. To me, I just didn't understand the difference with, um, like, they all kind of looked kind of similar to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And therein lies the problem. Is yeah. that, so let's go back. 2017 Blue Mountain, because that's where everything originates from with us. Yeah. Good speed section, a couple of things like regular monkey bars in it, some walls, things like that. Yeah. Maybe could have used a few more obstacles, but they were on target. Technical section, very well, on point, good technical obstacles, everything's done. Strength section, essentially heavy carry up and down the hill, and then heavy farmer carry with the bag up and down the hill. On target, very limited. So people well, and in twenty nine or yeah, in twenty nineteen, the strength person did do a couple of obstacles too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, in twenty nineteen. So what happened is that that twenty seventeen one, people complained. There's not oh. enough of the strength people. We need to do more, and they were right. Yeah, didn't need more. They should have more. However, yeah, what they gave them was not on target anymore. So the last year, which would have been Noram, that I did strength. Mm -hmm. We had to do Valkyrie. And yes. I'm like, I'm cool with that. That worked great for me. Yeah. But there's a lot of people, and, and I, I don't want this to come out insulting, but the Clydesdales, the Athenas, 
the people who go all year waiting for this is my time for my power to shine. Yeah. This is where my sled dog mentality is going to pay off and screw you and your damn technical rigs and your speedy agile. I am going to plow through this because I'm a beast. Mm-hmm. This is their time to shine. And, and it's taken away from them. And that, it bothers me, you know, because I'm only a couple of years removed from being one of those people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, 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 yeah, I find it's, it sucks because I want, I want to see those, I want to see them big dudes in the kilts hauling ass up the hill, carrying a heavy bag and dragging stuff and flipping heavy tires and doing her voice yeah. that, that some of the skinny runners can't even get off the ground. That's what I want to see from the strength section. Yeah. And, and I, I find now what, which one's in the strength section now? It's Canyon, Canyon is in the strength section. That's, oh. that's going to be tough for some of those people, right? Like that's, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, so I would like, to, I would love to see, you know, tire flips more like plate drags they have the herquois they have the wrist thing they have heavy carries that's great they got drop zone too which is a rig of whatever difficulty we don't know yet mm-hmm. so i would like to see those things out of the strength section and just give these people some more power let them shine let's see what they can do and let's make the big powerhouse an advantage on your team right yeah yeah because now you're like well, how do you divide up? Basically, you're looking at, because um, it might not necessarily even be your strong person. Like, they still have to be able to do some significant rigs. Yeah. So yeah. it might change your strategies. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I look at that, too. Like, and this might sound like, you know, that was a chance for people to keep their band. You know? Yeah. Who maybe aren't classic OCR to, to have a chance to keep their band. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't, maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. And yes, this is world championships. And yes, this is the best of the best supposed to come to play. But when you're advertising strength and speed as the, that part of it, that's what should be there. The speed people, you should be walls, you know, kind of crawls, things like that. And like mm-hmm. agility obstacle. Sure. Put triumph dragons back on there. Right. It, like stuff that is about bombing through, about carrying lots of speed. And yeah. again, it's the same thing with them, right? That I, I want, you know, I want to see some of those speedy people who maybe can't get through some of the technicals, you know, I want to see the, um, and oh my God, I'm going to make him sound bad, but he's not like a guy like Robert Killian, who may be not the mm-hmm. best at technical obstacles, but he can fly through this, you know, that stuff. I want to see, that's what I want to see there. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to technicals, I want to see Ninja Warriors. I want to see the people who maybe, you know, I want to see Amy, Amy Patrick, you know, yeah. Patrick, Patrick. She knows who she is and she knows I want to see her do that part. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and this is where we saw girls like Michelle Warnke yes. show up at OCR World. Jamie Ron at OCR World, mm-hmm. right? And they, yeah. they took the teams and made teams who maybe you look at and goes, well, this isn't a great OCR team, but because they had that amazing technical person and then they had a beast in the middle and they had just a speed demon at the front, all of a sudden they could run with the classic OCR power teams because they were so good at their individual sections. Yeah. And that seems to be taken away. It's yeah. like all the parts now are interchangeable because each section is the same. I know why they do it because it's easier on the course design. Yeah. But it sucks. And it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now they would have to be almost planning backwards in a way mm-hmm. where you kind of decide on your three sections and then with the, the least amount of movement possible. And then you design your 15K course kind of around that. 
I, yeah. that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So <laughs> yes, they have had time to figure it out. So it, this has been an ongoing problem. It was there in 2018 and 2019 for NORAM and it was there last year for Worlds. And I just, I don't know that it's going to change. I hope it does. And then there's one more part I want to ask you about. What do you think about the team section? What do you mean? So at the end, there's a few obstacles that everybody on the team has to do. Let's see if I can. Oh, okay. I can dig it up. Yeah, my thing shut off here. So, are have they designed them so that you need to work together? Some of it. Maybe, maybe not. Team obstacle. We don't really know. Okay, so triumph is a team obstacle. Little foot. Little foot. Okay. That's just no. So that's not. They're not really team. Uh, Urban sky. Ricochet. ricochet. And cargo climbs. So, my guess is okay. no. Yeah. See, I think it, that would it would be cool if they could do something where you had to actually work together to complete them. But again, now we're asking them to basically design new obstacles too. But but I mean, back in in and I'm I'm, I'm not I'm going to go 2017. No, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to London in England. Mm -hmm. And they had that. Um, oh, the high wall, the yeah, slanted wall, great high wall, which was great. But they yeah. also had one where you had to put these atlas stones on essentially a stretcher and carry as a team right. the atlas ball on the stretcher. And that was a great team obstacle, right? That was so they had two good team obstacles there. And I would rather see two good team ones than five ones that are just everybody do it. And again, these are getting to be more technical obstacles, and maybe your speed and power people can't do it. And then all of a sudden they lose their bands again. So, and everybody has to get through the obstacle at the end on their own. That's right. Yeah. After, uh, in your third day of racing. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's where I stand. I love the team race. I think it is the most exciting race of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But I do wish they would make these changes. And I'm again, it's great, it's good. I'm not, I'm not saying don't have it. I'm not. I'm just saying I would love to see these tweaks to make it a little bit better and to, you know, I think carry it in the right direction. That'd be good. Um, agree, disagree. You're on the same boat with that. Yeah, I was just confused when I saw it because I didn't see a a big difference with the legs, and I actually felt like the technical person was getting a bit chipped. Yeah, we only get five obstacles. By the way, I'm running a technical leg. Yeah, we only get I <laughs> we only get five obstacles, and I mean they're okay, right? But yeah, I, well, plus the ones at the end. But again, everybody has to do that. But it might, it might. I mean, having this format this time, it might kind of, um, it might make the race a little bit more tight. We'll see. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. Um, I do know that there is a. We were talking about this with some friends earlier. So there's a powerhouse Canadian team and a powerhouse American team. And I can't wait to see them go head to head. Um, Are you revealing their names? Yeah, because they've been posted online, right? So oh, you okay. Have, <laughs> you have, uh, for the Canadians, you have, and this is what I've seen online, this is what I'm being told, Atkins, Jesse Bruce, and Samuel Bear. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I'm guessing Atkins on speed, Jesse on the power part, and Sam yeah. on the technical. Yeah. And for those of you who maybe you're not as familiar with Sam and Jesse, Jesse is one of the best carriers and that great does these power legs every year and has one championship in the power leg. Um, and Samuel Lee Bear, pretty much he may own a ninja gym or work yeah. there or whatever, yeah. but he's damn good on the technical and has one on the technical one as well. And Atkins, well, we've heard of him. So, <laughs> but 
the U.S. not to be denied, and I'm sure they'll have other U.S. teams, but the one that jumps out and that I know about is um, Ryland Shadag. Shadag, Shadag, Shadag. Ryland. I can call him Ryland because there are no other Rylands. Ryan Kent and VJ Jones. So, okay. Again, I'm thinking Ryland Speed, Kent mm-hmm. on power, VJ on technical. Yeah. And if you start putting those head to head and figure where you come out, it's a pick 'em. Right? Like, I'm going to Ryland versus Ryan. Depends on the day. Right. Uh, Kent versus Jesse. I think depends on the execution of Canyon. Uh huh. And Jesse's a smaller guy, so if it stays low, and I would say that Jesse has more experience with um, OCRWC obstacles. I'm not sure Kent's ever been to OCRWC. I'm not sure. So as fit and as strong as Kent's going to be on those climbs and those carries. I'm not sure how he's going to approach that. And you're right. It does very much depend on the setup of it. So that's, I'm going to give the edge to Jesse on that. Yeah. (laughs) And then Sam and VJ on the technical. And I think through the actual obstacles, as surprising as this is, I will give Sam the edge through the obstacles, but VJ the edge on the running portion through there. So honestly, maybe give the edge a little bit to vj on that one and uh, just it ends up i don't know then how they all get through the team one together and again kent hitting those slightly technical ones at the end he might not be as fast going through them as say jesse and 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 ryan is so i think wow you know i'm gonna i'm gonna play the hometown card and give it to canada just on like by a nose uh by uh maybe an extra retry somewhere yeah but that's going to be really close. And I don't know any other teams other than those ones going in, but I just like, that's enough to keep my attention. If they just put those two teams out and let them only run, I will <laughs> watch intently. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be exciting. So also we do have, like we never even mentioned any of the competitors. Eh? So, and yeah, so you also with those teams, we haven't, you don't know any of the Europeans that are coming over. No, I'm going to assume that Denmark is likely going to have, um, they'll probably do the A co-ed team. Co-ed team, yeah, would be my guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the Russian contingent is going to be very strong this year. So that kind of takes away a little bit because they have had some great teams. And I mean, so I think it is going to be fairly North American dominant. Um, yeah, Katrin Carlson. She's not coming to the best of my knowledge. So that hits Sweden hard. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think it is going to be a North American team, team race. Yeah. Um, but for the individuals, here's some of the men's name. And by the way, with, we didn't mention this yet, with uh, Spartan Ultra World Championship coming along, we do have an extra, uh, I'm told, uh, Veerman is now going to be heading to OCRWC as well. So that's another okay. So I'm going to throw out some of the men's names here. Uh, VJ, obviously. Uh, I on 3K for sure. I don't even think he's going to participate in the 15. And really? You know what, and you know what I say, VJ? Fucking damn right. Screw these people who say you need to keep stepping up. You need to go further. You need to go further. No, you just be the best there is at what you do. Uh-huh. And if anybody says, 
well, when are you going to start running longer? You say, when are you going to start running faster? And leave it at that. No, I, it's serious. It's like, he, it's like, well, he's not really doing OCR if he's only winning the 3K championship of the world. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. From the girl who ran 3K in college. Anyway. <laughs> I love the 3K. That was my race. It's a great distance. I like the 3K too. But nobody ever said to me, well, why don't you run also this other race? It's like, well, it's not my race. But didn't they ever say, why don't you want to run the marathon? Did they ask when I was going to run the marathon? Yeah. Like after I graduated, sometimes yeah. they'd be like, oh, when are you going to move up? Well, marathoners ask this question. But like I, yeah. But like people that race like fives and tens on the roads, when you're trying to run faster and qualify yeah. for teams, you're not asking, "Well, when are you gonna do a marathon?" No, no. And you shouldn't have to. You should be allowed to be able to be like, "No, I just want to be the best at this thing that I do." Right. That's okay. I don't need to do a different thing. It's like nobody right. went to Usain Bolt and said, "When are you gonna run the marathon?" <laughs> right. Or, or right. You should, your prize money should be smaller because you didn't run as far. <laughs> right when the some of the highest paid athletes in the track world are 100 meter runners because it's exciting <laughs> i don't want to a lot of people don't want to watch a marathon because you don't want to watch a race where you can halfway through go for a drive come back and it's still happening <laughs> hold on i'll be back i've got to walk the dog <laughs> personally i still oh, I, I enjoy watching them still but i'm i'm, I'm I'm, a, I'm an idiot I'm a geek. i can watch people race anywhere yeah okay um back to the so we named one name bj well done we're doing good <laughs> um ryan atkins obviously coming he'll be running everything and anything and will definitely be a threat in everything and anything yeah uh thomas von tonder i love thomas von tonder i think he's over here he's very underrated people forget about him from south africa okay you know Big, strong guy. I like Thomas von Tonder. Uh, Ryan Brizolara, again, underestimated, but does have good showings. Um, Jack sent me these names, so some of these I do not know. Manuel Defoe? Got nothing. My apologies. Jesse Dehir? Don't know. Again. Jesse Bruce? Going to be out there. Very familiar with OCRWC. Very familiar with this setup. Question for you. Do you think Jesse is in tip-top shape for this? Jesse's in very good shape right now. He looked big, didn't he? Like, I don't mean heavy, like overweight. I mean, he looked big. He looked strong when we saw him the other week. So strong. Yeah, his training, his, like, qualifying for um, the Ironman World Championships, his training for that was just, like, his engine is just insane. So, yeah, I think he could be in maybe the best shape he's ever been. But that was the thing. Like, I wasn't surprised, and I'm not surprised by his engine, like you said, because he's been training for that. I wasn't surprised with his Kelowna performance either because he had just come off an Ironman. But I was surprised at his size. I've, that he hasn't lost muscle. He's gained. Like, I've been beside Jesse before, and, and, and often Jesse always felt like a, a thinner guy to me, like a smaller guy. When we were side by side this time, he did not look like a small guy to me. Hmm. And I was like, he looks stronger than I've ever seen him physically. So Interesting. He, he has, you know, I don't know what's gone that way. Um, but, yeah, he looks strong. He looks really ready. I, I hope he does well. Um, Ryan Kempson, last year's winner in the 15K, cannot be underestimated whatsoever. And as yeah. soon as you doubt Ryan Kempson, that's when he comes and wins. Yeah. So if you're not expecting it, and again, beholder of like one of the best passes ever over, uh, oh my God, over. Yeah. Boomerang Man. 
Tyler, not Tyler Beamer, geez. Um, oh, come on. What is his name? Logan Broadbent. Logan, yeah. <laughs> I just need Good to job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Ryan Cabs is awesome. Uh, I do expect him to be right in the mix. I, I, I'd be surprised to not see him on the podium. Yeah. From my perspective. Mm -hmm. um, Jonas Drescher. No idea. Aaron Newell. Mm -hmm. Who I did speak to said he was not a hundred percent that he was going, but I believe he will be. And um, in a three K, I think Aaron's a good threat. In the fifteen, he's still good threat, but I I think that um, he, I just think he's going to be more of a threat in the three K, where the obstacles will matter a little bit more, yeah. and he'll be able to really take advantage of that. Um, will he podium? I don't know, but he will definitely be. You know, it, it depends on what Aaron we get that day. Right. But I do know this, he will be excited to be there and he will be happy that it's not a Spartan race. <laughs> um, Ryland Shadag. Yeah. And a bit of, well, like, what do you think? Like, what's your initial thought about Ryland Shadag being there? Not about Ryland as the athlete, but Ryan being there. It's, what do you expect? Um, well, like, he's, he's so new on the scene, too. Like, he won't have raced a lot of these guys and they won't know who he is. So, I mean, it's kind of fun being the dark horse in a way. Like, he's not here. We've seen what he did, right? Winning North Americans was really big for him. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to be well-known with some of the people that are coming from outside of North America. Now, I have seen videos. He has been going to the Ninja Gym, but I'm still iffy on his technical obstacle proficiency. Yeah. I don't sure. know. He's a pretty strong guy. I yeah. would be surprised if too much really held him up. But again, with OCRWC, it's also the accumulation factor of all of the rigs and just and being able to keep doing it by the end of the race. He did fail the Spartan rig at Cologne. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's the question is there. It's I'm not saying he is not good enough. I'm just saying I don't know. I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. But we hadn't seen it with Deca either, and he just proved what he was so he could very well come out and do the same thing or he could get hung up so even though i would say from an athletic from running from every physical attribute needed he's a podium threat i don't know if he is through the technical aspect and that's that's one of those where i i wouldn't bet the mortgage on him but i wouldn't bet it against him either yeah for sure <laughs> um luca pizzini again sorry i do not know matthias Prudet. Grout, well, don't know. And Jarrett Newby. Jarrett Newby, again, constantly overlooked, but always seems to run with the big boys and does a good job and very proficient on obstacles. And yeah, this is it's terrain that's very well known to him. He lives in kind of that northeast area. So I think he'll be good. Um, and uh, our boy, Leon Kofid, will be over for the 3K only. And I don't know exactly leon's running condition but by god i hope he's a podium threat because he is the most entertaining and one of the nicest people you ever meet and yeah he's so good on your obstacles he's always going to do something exciting so mm -hmm. i can't wait this will be my first time meeting leon in person i'll be the first time meeting a lot of these people in person and uh really excited so i can't wait to do that so of those do you think you could pick a podium because it's not not easy and this is for the 3k well, that'll probably those are people that are showing up. So we okay. I think I think both VJ and Leon I think are only three K, but I think everybody else is doing both. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Well, like I VJ is not a bad bet for winning the three K. Mm -hmm. 
And then, uh, yeah, Leon is his, I mean, he's focusing on the 3K too, so let's put him in second. And then um, I don't know any of those other names from Europe, so it's not really fair. <laughs> but then uh, we'll put Kempson then in. Oh, uh, so. It's tough. That's when uh, he's not easy. I know. I just know Kempson's obviously with focusing on the Savage series. It's mm -hmm. his obstacle game is probably would edge out Ryan Atkins. But again, I hate ever betting against Ryan Atkins. So Yeah, um honestly, it is a horrible podium to pick. It's terrible. I'm gonna go with you and and, and as a win, I am gonna pick DJ because this has been his sole focus. I think he wavered from that for a little while, but I think maybe over the last little bit, he got it reined back in and remembered what mm -hmm. he wants to do and who he wants to be. I think this is just me as an outsider looking in. So I do think he has what it takes. Um, Thomas Von Tonder normally I would say is a definite podium threat, but I haven't seen much of him again. Maybe that's just where he's at and what I'm not seeing. So I don't know if they're Aaron again, too risky depends on the day. You never know. He could be, he could be podium threat and he could come 11th depending on, on what you got that day. Mm -hmm. uh, He's like me as a goalie. It just maybe a little too inconsistent sometimes. Um, Leon, I don't know where his run. I don't know if his running can carry him there or not. Uh, but I sure hope it does. Mm -hmm. And Kempson, yeah, Kempson. Wow, you he's throwing darts, right? Um, B.J. Atkins, Kempson. Yeah. You ready? Um Thomas Leon and Jesse. There you go. I did it, you know, I, I there's a lot there. I don't know. That's what you said for the 15? No, no, I was just joking. Oh, right. <laughs> so for the three, I'm gonna go VJ Akin Kempson. For the 15, I'm gonna go. Atkins, Shadeg, Kempson. Hmm, yeah. And the, those are said right. with 100% uncertainty. You could mix <laughs> any of those three in any order. Any of the three, any of the five. five yeah. In any order, yeah. Yeah. And that's not even thinking about Tyler Veerman, who is going to be there too and, and could be a threat. Yeah. And the Europeans that we don't know. And the Europeans that we don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, biggest thing, obviously, jumps out about the guy. Uh, uh, guys, again, uh, no John Albin. And disappointing because I do know that the people who win want to race and beat John Albin. Yeah. So whether he's ever coming back, I don't know, which would be a shame because... Especially, I feel for VJ on this because last year he was prepped and ready and primed, and his goal was to beat John Albin, and John wasn't there. Not not through any fault of John's, right? It just was travel it as it is. And I think John maybe has just moved on to other things. Mm -hmm. And again, VJ is getting denied a shot to try and beat John Albin. So I feel for him. I really do. And people will constantly, even if he wins again this year, they're going to say, "Well, John wasn't there." Yeah. And you know, again, you can only beat who shows up. And right. If they're not showing up, then that's what it is, and they're not the best you are. So deal with it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Sean Roberts too. Forgot about him. He's pretty oh. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not bad. Uh, yeah, Sean Roberts, but probably only the three K. 
So uh, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, picking them is useless. It doesn't picking. Uh, it is, I can't pick really. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's see who we have for some of the women here. Uh, I don't have nearly as many women on my list, but um, I do have Lindsay, Annie yeah. Duty, Ida, Rose, Christopher Glosky, Ulrichie, Tiffany Palmer, Sarah Backstrom. And I know there's going to be lots more, but those are the ones that Jack had on his jump out list for me. And uh, that's for the that's for both of them. Yeah, probably both of them. Um I And me. Yeah, and you. For fifteen. Yeah. Because you were late to the party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm non-committal. <laughs> I don't think there's enough burpees in this one for you, Beth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only, one who wants, suit. <laughs> the only one who wants more burpees than Spartan. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, how do you bet against Lindsay? And I'm kind of disappointed we're not going to see Emma. Emma? I don't. Yeah, I don't think this course really favors Emma. I know her technical proficiency is not there yet, but I'd still like to see her go. And I think she'd still do great. Um, yeah. Ida, I think, is going to be the one, obviously, to give Lindsay a challenge on the 3K, especially. Mm -hmm. And I was yeah. like, I think she could probably pull it off. I think so. I don't know how much, and I say this every year, I don't know how much obstacle work Lindsay's been doing. I do know they put up some new stuff in their garage or their house or whatever to to work on it, so... And she very rarely ever seems unprepared for anything. So I'm sure she'll do fine. But there was chinks in the armor last year. Like, mm -hmm. I do know she really struggled with, uh, with Legat. Oh. Stuff like that. So it, she, is, she is beatable. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do it, you better be on your best game. And you better yeah. hope she makes a mistake. Yeah, and I know too that this has been the A race for Rose Wetzel, who hasn't mm -hmm. been racing a ton, but this one I think is the culmination of her season. So I think we're going to see a really strong Rose coming out to this one. She put in a good one last year too. She 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 put in a good effort at this race. I I probably had counted her out a little too much. Um, one of my personal favorites, probably not a podium threat as much, but I'll love watching Olrecki. Yeah. She yeah. is just great. That's somebody that I, I only talk to through texting. Damn sure I'm going to rush Ulrichie to say hi. And and, and, and yes. <laughs> I love you, Ulrichie. I'm a fan. <laughs> she has a cute dog. She, oh, apparently she has a cute dog, so she wins points with the wife. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ulrichie and, uh, and definitely. And, and I don't know if she's going, but if, uh, if, if uh, Amy Padgett's there, I mean right situation especially if it rains man yeah. it changes the world and same with Lindsay and Ida on that 3k if it rains that changes a lot yeah so far the forecast is not calling for rain on the Friday and the Saturday but possibly on the Sunday yeah so good names good racing um 100 meter dash I believe Joe Morofsky is making a return nice uh, and don't be surprised if you do not know the people that are going to win that thing. Yeah, if you don't follow the Ninja World. If you don't follow the Ninja World, you're going to see some different people. And I think you're going to see a very different outlook on the 100 meter. It is, I think, going to be a very different course than it was last year, where people are going to have to slow and be a little more technical, I believe. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think you'll see the long jump competition that you saw last year. 
Yeah, good. Hey, that was exciting. That was fine. And um, from a personal note, I don't know what the signal is going to be like there. I haven't set up anything officially, but I'm going to try to stream the 100 meter finals. Um, if the signal's no good to stream it, what I'm going to do is record it and then I will post it in entirety to YouTube after. So it'll be like a stream, only, you know, maybe a couple hour delay. So, yeah. yeah. And um, not like a three, four, five day delay that other streams happen. But yes, that will definitely be it. Um, and then I'm just really stoked and really excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this one's always a highlight of my year. So <sighs> I forgot to mention also running the Pro 3K will be me. <laughs> yeah. did, did you actually skip over your name? I did. I did skip. No, yeah. Well, Jack didn't write my name down. I was a little surprised. <laughs> um, he didn't pick me. I was surprised. I'm, I'm hoping to go in the race brain draft. Maybe someone will take a waiver on me for sure. Um, the dark horse pick definitely the dark horse the, the dead horse pick <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think honestly if anyone was to bet on me they should get a dollar for every person I beat <laughs> and it still might not be a great bet <laughs> uh, you'll I, have fun I'm going to give it I'm going to have fun and you know uh I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm shooting for that, not DFL. We'll see how it goes. In all, in all seriousness, in the past, when I've looked at my times, I, sh I shouldn't be last, but, <laughs> but you never know. I'm going into this one with very much the experience in mind and, and backing up what I say all the time. If you qualify for the elite waves and if you do, do it, be proud. It's an experience. You qualified to be there, jump in, hold your own. If, if you're in the back, you're in the back. So what you qualified to be there. And you can go to work the next day and say, I came 50th in the pro wave. <laughs> or you can say, I came 13th in age group. Or even podiumed in age group. Because if you tell people it was age group, they're going to say, oh, that's nice. But if you tell them came 50th in pro, they're going to go, wow, that's pretty cool. So mm -hmm. there you have it. That's, that's, that's my final thought. Man up. Don't be afraid to get embarrassed a little and get your ass kicked. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at this year too, but. Well, your focus is on a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Focus is a little more in November. Yeah. Yeah. But this race is just so fun for me. So it's always good to kind of check where my obstacle game's at. Um, but yeah, I just have a good time. Finish with my band. It is still my favorite obstacle course racing experience. Yeah. And, and is the one that in 2017 hooked me yeah me too so i think uh, they do a great job and there's just really nothing else to say about it other than it's 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 the best race going it is the, right now it is the true world championship yeah so that's all i got Beth. yeah so um if you see us this weekend come and say hi we'll try to get out some recordings and yeah, we'll do a follow-up after as well. So everybody that racing this weekend, all the best. Uh, go out there and crush it. Take care. Dude, that's it. like building your own place is a huge task. And it doesn't it look is. like it doesn't look like you chinched on the on the corner, you know, cut the corners either. You went like a, all out on the detail. No, so I grew up and my dad always taught me um do it right the first time. And I never really understood what the heck he meant. Um like, really, I didn't understand it. Like, we always just kind of cut the little corners, make it go quicker. 
and now taking on a whole house by myself i'm like oh it makes a lot more sense so you don't have to go back and undo stuff and a little extra time uh pays dividends in the long run my old man told me to do it right the first time too but i'm still in my third marriage it, <laughs> it takes a few it took me it took me, uh, it took me a couple houses to get to this point so <laughs> cool <laughs> man charm. <laughs> well um thanks for coming on uh bethany couldn't make it right now tonight she's uh she's got lots of stuff getting ready for a gym and getting ready to head to vermont which is pretty nice. much everybody's mind it's like home so turf for you man what was that like home turf it is it's so nice it's been like been a pretty nightmare of a year and a half and uh it's just so nice to be able to compete in like a big race like an hour and a half from my doorstep so you know, I got my like one of my really good friends I went to college with. He lives on the mountain. We go stay with him. Um, you know, family's there, so it's just it's it's a nice uh, reprieve after trying to travel across country to the West Coast, which was just like a debacle this year. I gave up on it. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I know, like your your kind of relationship with Spartan is you know like, let's call it up and down at times, right? But like. This year, when they announced the schedule, I don't know if it was in your original plans to be part of the series or not, but that kind of like anybody yeah. on the East Coast, it kind of was like a kick in the groin. It is. And there's, you know, there's all sorts of arguments. They've had to come to the East Coast and deal with humidity and the time change. But it's really tough going West and dealing with um, what from for me that going from the northeast to the west is really tough um there's just not many direct flights and then dealing with all the altitude and the dryness is just it just sucks <laughs> That's all. um that being said like, i i was fully planning on doing the series this year um but i came out and uh realized i just i lost a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff um over the course of like a year and a half um like stratton last year was um i think i barely was hanging on to some fitness from that year um because i was training like two hours a week for literally two months three months leading up to that race and then you know a couple of the other guys didn't show up and i just happened to be a lot better at two things than everybody else was at all the things so got lucky but yeah I, I raced big bear and completely like had nothing and i think I, I, there's no point in going traveling across country and spending all this money if you're not not competing to um i guess where you think you can like i just didn't feel like i could go out and race hard every race and that's just you gotta it's hard to pull the plug but i did it yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize man like when you guys go out there and, and same with the with the people from the West travel east. Like it's it's freaking expensive. And maybe for like let's let's say four, maybe five of you break even at best. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it's it's a big roll of dice. You might as well be playing blackjack half the time. Like it is, and it's you know, it's funny. Um like I grew up in Vermont and then I was in Cape and now I'm up in New Hampshire in the White Mountains where there's um a big, you know, big trail running, biking, just outdoors community, and there's a lot of a lot of athletes up here that are just absolutely monsters. Half of them, if they came in and just put a little effort into our sport, they'd, they'd destroy us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've, you know, got to know a few of them um, and uh, had some really good conversations. And 
like actually talking to endurance athletes, they don't have big egos as most of us do in the sport. It's why we compete. That's not a bad thing. Um, and the way our sport's been structured is just you race, 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 race. And like some people can do that. I can't do that all the time. And just talking to these athletes that look at us like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it seems kind of silly to race all this much. Like, why don't you just like hang out and actually build, you know, a solid base and um, actually increase your ceiling and go out and find out what you're capable of. So it was nice having that influence um, because we just get caught up in the sport. We've been caught up in Spartan for so many years and just racing in general. And I think it's good to get outside of a crazy sport and, have a little bit better perspective on um, kind of endurance sports in general. Yeah, it does seem like it's a completely different realm. The The amount of racing, that, and we, we almost call it like the OCR trap, even for the elites, for the beginners, mm -hmm. for everybody. It's like you jump in, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And then all of a sudden the next year you're doing like 26 races. Yeah. And, you know, you burn, you're, you're burnt out. And, those, yeah. and you, the people that do that, then the year after that, they're doing like seven and then three and then they're gone. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, there's two factors. There's one, it's there's opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. if you're like want to do really cool trail races, there's not really cool trail races every weekend, you know? Yeah. And then the second thing for the elites is historically when the sport started, there was opportunity. It was worth going to all these races. It was worth, you know, doing a series because there could be opportunity to make some pretty good money and continue that realm. And, and whether like not, it didn't really matter if you showed up and had the absolute most stellar race, as long as you kind of showed your face and, you know, raced your heart out, um, you know, there was benefit to continuing to show up, um, you know, whether that be getting on a pro team or a sponsorship or for three or four years, that was, um, you know, maybe being featured on one of these TV shows, um, which, which mattered. Uh, which is, which grew a lot of the potential and possibilities and opportunities for a lot of the athletes who started early in the sport. Um, but now this year, a combination, you know, not feeling good and just realizing <laughs> it's been zero opportunity in the past two years. Um, sponsors are starting to come back. Like I'm fortunate to have a few to stick with me, but um, that's why I look at a lot of these young guys and, um, you know, sometimes I wonder what some of them are doing chasing some of, like, a lot of these races. Uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of conversation with the guys early on. I had a couple athletes, <laughs> like, mention, like, well, I'm going to sign for nothing with Spartan just for the season pass because, like, I can't afford to race. And I'm like, well, maybe you should reevaluate what you're doing. Maybe you should get a better job or, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, that's what led me to partially what led me to kind of work on the houses and, and some other avenues for income because I wanted to compete as full time as I could and not also not have the stress. So I kind of chose some avenues where, you know, I can make monies, make money from you know, different different sources and have free time, you know, and seems like would be the best way to do it. Yeah. Um... Hey, you talk about the sponsorships and stuff. Are you still with Athletic Brewing? Are you still still with them? Yeah, or? still with Athletic Brewing, still with BJ Shoes. Um, I was fortunate to be with Athletic Brewing. from Like, I met the founder basically right after they started. And really good people, and they just have a really good mission. Um, and they've kind of stuck with me. <laughs> like, when I first started working with them, it really was me, and there's this one 
triathlete Ben Hoffman, who were their like kind of sponsored athletes, not just ambassadors. Yeah. Now <laughs> I feel like I feel like they kind of just forget about me to a certain extent. You know, they they work with um they've connected with so many major athletes and they they've they've done a good job of getting into like the college sports scene because which is really nice to see supporting the athletes in college because that's that's uh, an avenue they can go down now. Um, but yeah, they've they've grown so much. I've kind of feel like a bit just kind of sneak under the radar with them, but they're really good people there. <laughs> yeah, we, we're we're big non-alcoholic beer fans. It's yeah, that one here, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, they they got a good brand. Well, I've seen it's, them it's funny. That's why they started working with me. It wasn't because I was you know sober or anything. It's because I enjoyed the non-alcoholic beers, like at times and other times I like regular beers. Like that was, that was the coolest thing with their mission and the owner, like he, he was sober, but he was just, he's like, I don't want everybody to be sober. I don't care if everybody drinks or doesn't drink. It's just, you know, it's an option. Um, you know? Yeah. And the one thing that he told me, he goes, a lot of people don't understand it. Like two thirds of the country have either less than a beer or no alcoholic drinks in a week. You know, so like everybody thinks everybody has beers and drinks all the time, but the truth of the matter is, it's like they went after a pop, like a demographic that is like massive. Yeah, and I'm like that, right? Like I've I've never had a drinking problem, so I I drink it because of the stuff I like the taste. I drink the ones I like the taste of, and then I move on because. And I gotta admit, I do like it because like meet buddies for trail run. You know, you mm -hmm. run, you run hard, you put out or whatever, and then you can smash three of them and get in the car and drive. And yeah. not worry about it. And that's, that's probably the biggest deliver for me is, mm -hmm. you know, it is, you know, for like, and that's when I started working, like my biggest message was like, it's about celebrating and, you know, it's just nice to be able to celebrate with something, you know, and just have different options. And, you know, it's funny once you, like when you're hanging out after a trail run or whatnot, like sometimes you think it's just the buzz from a beer, but it's really not. It's the buzz from what you did. Yeah. And like, that's what gets the conversation going. And it's just kind of nice to, having something in your hand and sharing something is kind of like sitting around a campfire, you yes. know, it's the you know, little icon to get things rolling. So you kind of went this thing, you weren't able to do the Spartan at the beginning of the year. Actually, wait, before I even go there, you, <laughs> you were talking about like, you know, some of these, these shows and stuff to get on. I was surprised. And I remember this in the beginning. I was surprised there was no Kempson ever on Spartan games. <laughs> like at least one of you. Uh, I think, I think my brother turned it down. I forget. So he was, he was smart. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was dealing with a neck injury. Um, I probably could have pushed to be on it, but I honestly don't think I would have done well with like a lot of the heavy stuff. I, I have a cervical neck issue, and I just like I love kettlebells and stuff, but when it comes to like really heavy stuff and doing that over the course of a weekend, like I don't know if I would have held up for that. You know. I don't know. It's, it seemed like a cool opportunity, but it was a lot of work for those guys. <laughs> yeah, that it was. And really, you probably ended up better off anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. there's a lot of drama, and, and I don't do well with that. TV it's, doesn't like that. I try to stay away. Martin and reality TV. Of course, there's going to be drama. That's what the plan is. Um, so you decided, like, you weren't going to jump in the Savage or on, on the uh, Spartan Series. So you went to the Savage Series, and you ended up doing really well there um, and winning the thing. How did that feel? And did that at least keep your racing, you know, your racing bug going? Um, yes. Yeah, so I originally wasn't going to do the Savage Series. Um, 
like I was in no shape during the winter and like I went down there like not training at all I went down to my cousin goes to school in Tampa near the first race we just kind of hung out on the beach for like four days my wife and I has a little vacation I'm like yeah I'll just go out have fun and see how it goes and um I want it and you know it's what no matter what series you do if you pop a race <laughs> it makes it really hard for other people to win it um so yeah i decided like all right like i'll do these i hadn't decided not to do the spartan series yet so like i literally just trained through all the races um trying to like build volume back and uh i got lucky enough i think that those races are short enough and match my skill set enough that i don't need to be super in shape to do well at it um and that's not a knock on the guys that are racing like sean is unbelievable um he's incredibly talented i mean even what like woods messed up on obstacle if not like he probably would have been in that the whole series um you know aaron raced really strong the whole time but what i found is a lot of those guys don't have like they haven't done the big spark they haven't thrown their hat in the mix in some of these big races for years a lot of them are kind of new to it and it just they they lacked um kind of the ability to go like full throttle from the start to finish and i'm only saying this because i shared like i i shared this with john multiple times um you know there's a point where they kind of just broke like when you're racing atkins or vj you know, you make a move, they make a move, you make, like, there's no, there's no breaking anybody, you know, everybody just keeps pushing to the end. Um, so I think that was, that was a, a big difference in that series. Um, and it, it, like I said, it fit my skill set. It's a lot more technical, like, woods, muddy running than they showed on the broadcast. Like, even Florida, like, the first race seemed like this oh, wide open run in the flats, but we went through, like, four swamps basically like one was up to our waist like just bogged down there was another like trench of like five foot deep water with weeds in it like just things that just slow the pace down um and that i think fits my skill set a little bit better than some of the other guys yeah you love that crap don't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i grew up in the woods um running through the woods and i was an endurance athlete so i got to take advantage of every little piece of athleticism i can so you ended up with that, with the win on that. And I, actually, and I'll ask you this straight up. So is Sean like the one guy that should be winning these things that has not figured it out yet? Um, I mean, like speed-wise, he's plenty talented. And strength-wise, he's yeah. plenty Like he's even done some things in some of the obstacles that I can't do. Um, but I think at the end of the day like obstacle racing is so much different than running because you you don't just go you start and stop 30 40 times in a race the legs get tired um there's more tactics and i guess it's the you know the age-old thing since we've been doing this until you prove you can do it you know all those numbers don't really matter um they give you a good base but they don't matter and you know i i <laughs> i was never given the benefit of the doubt because i didn't come from those numbers and whatnot so i have a little 
uh, it's a little sore on my side. So I don't really, I don't really care what they say about the numbers. And, you know, historically, look who, de- who has done well at the sport. Um, triathletes, bikers, steeplechasers, athletes that have a background of like good power strength training in their sport or just power in general. Um, there hasn't been many just pure track athletes that have come in and excelled well. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he, he definitely started, like he figured it out in Ohio, which was more of, you know, a little ski hill, yeah. um, but he can't roll down a cargo. Net. Like he has some, um, uh, something to do with the neck or head injury that makes him dizzy. And so like that race we're back and forth, he's pushing it. And then I put like 10 seconds on him there. And then, like, that's, that's a big gap in a race like that. So yeah, I, I don't know. I hope he does. Cause he's, He's a good, well, he's a good guy. He says some things and <laughs> questions sometimes, but I think at, at heart, he's a good kid. Yeah. Um, not being a great guy in the media doesn't mean you're not a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see him come out of OCR Worlds. I hope he put in a good block. I think he was kind of training through Savage too, like getting ready for OCR Worlds. So hopefully he comes and puts on a good show. So your mindset going to the last OCR Worlds where you were undertrained, you weren't ready to go and you got lucky. <laughs> you said it not me i thought you earned it i thought you did pretty good yeah coming into this one how are you feeling because you are now the defending 15k <laughs> champion you're the defending world champion and i mean uh i'll ask you one thing about that before we go further is does that sit with you as i am the legit defending champion or because it was a bit covety and not everybody got out there does it maybe take away a little bit from you um it doesn't take away from the title um I, i've said this to a lot of people I, it, I don't know why we went on this whole thing about putting asterisks next to titles and what like the past year yeah, i I, uh, I kite surf and so i'm like in that community and watch a fan of it you know i'm not good at it just it's, that's my boy sport and there's all sorts of athletes with world titles um because there's multiple world championships and some people show up some are injured some don't and you know, you don't see them like degrading other people for not competing against someone else. Like that's, we get so wrapped up in our own sport. Like that doesn't matter. Like we should be building up and promoting anybody who won any sort of title because we're trying to grow the sport and, and, and build validity and support each other, you know, and, and, and bring, bring positivity. So I never really under, understood that. Like if you call yourself a world, the world champion, I'd have a problem with that. Like only if you win world, Spartan, et cetera, like, you know, like Lindsay, like she is the world champion. She won everything, you know, pretty hard to argue. Yeah. So unless you do that, you know, you are just a winner of a world championship race. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't degrade it at all. Um, I just, I think the only thing I wish was, I was so untrained going into it. When I race, I really um, prefer and have like pride in like putting my best effort out there. So part of me feels like I didn't do the race justice, um, you know, not, but there was a lot of extending circumstances with all that. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, I thought it was absolute bullshit that anybody said anything like that about your RVJ's thing. I mean, like, because it's like, well, Alvin wasn't there. Alvin wasn't there. Well, you know what? You can only beat who the fuck shows up. So, you know, yeah. if you're the best guy there and that's the world championship race, then you're the world champion in Say Everybody else can just go fuck off. 
Um, yeah, I would like. I, I'm the one thing this year is I actually haven't had a clean race. And <laughs> you, like, I messed up Gibbons, and that's why I fell behind VJ in the 15k. Uh, that obstacle I jumped on Pendulum for the 15k. I actually did the same thing on 3k and made it, but missed the bell, just whiffed on it. So like, nobody really saw that in the coverage. Like, I was right on VJ there. So it's like, yeah, I just want to. And then the year before or whenever it was, I think when it was Norham's, when my brother had his obstacle there, I kicked the bell instead of hitting him in the hand. Oh. It's like, just like to go and have like a, a race and not messing. Like it's all the mental, stupid, silly errors and just have a good race. I'm trying to see, cause I did that one and I did it. And by the way, I think that was probably the best obstacle there. And one of the best ones they've had, cause it was so, they could, they switched it up every time. And it was one of those ones where if you were really talented and really fast, you could do it super quick and at the same time everybody could get through it at a different pace so exactly i can't believe i don't understand i'm sure there's reasons but i wish it was back i thought it well, should be they, so they have it um so adrian technically rents it from my brother until he pays it off mm -hmm. but they used like just the rig itself for the 100 meter last year like he has all this stuff to set it up but i don't understand why he uh, doesn't it's like that that's when my brother was he was getting into the building and whatnot like that was his principle is creating stuff that anybody can get through but it's going to take a long time but it can reward athletic risk and ability that you can get through in seconds yeah. um, which i think that is the healthiest balance that we need to see in the sport because it's it's exciting um but everybody can get through it too like it's not hard to design either no, it wasn't a hard obstacle to get through, but if you did it fast, and I mean, I, I gave it a go and did it the, the quick way and did the double under the net. I'm still trying to figure out in my head how you kicked the bell, but that's fine. You must have almost been inverted. I I, I was. I swung all the way <laughs> like little net. Okay. One of the and I just, it was there. I'm like, oh, dang. And I, I don't know. I was, the only thing I think in my mind, it was blue and I was thinking savage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, you're going into this year, and like you say, are you, are you feeling better trained? Are you feeling more ready for this one? Yeah, yeah. I um, I always compare, because I don't come from an, an endurance. Like, I never really say, like, oh, I'm fit. It's always just kind of comparing my training volume and stuff to the year before. So last year I went in, literally it was July through September of, two to three hours a week of unstructured training and work on the house and just take care of my dad. And this year it's been anywhere between 10 and 15 hours a week of training, you know, all focus. So, you know, just based on that, either I'm going to come out like and crush it or I'm going to come out and be really tired. <laughs> Possibly both. Hopefully both. It'll be bold. It'll be bold. But I think it'll be good. I felt really good at Killington. Like I trained up to that race and I figured, because people don't like they said this race is supposed to be 4,000 feet of climbing, which is 400 feet more than last year. Mm -hmm. Like that within eight miles is, I mean, that's a pretty heavy, heavy task to take that on as far as just putting an effort out for that. So I figured if I do Killington, like I can run that well, I should be able to hammer something shorter and less gain, you know, for that so duration. Are you doing, you're doing everything this year? I know you're obviously going to do the three and the 15 again. Mm -hmm. Will you will you be in the team this year? Um, I may. I don't know. 
I think a lot of people do that. They just kind of, there's a couple of teams that get together and the other people do just show up and wait for someone to need somebody. Yeah. I think Aaron and I have talked about it with some, uh, with another runner um, from up in our area. Uh, but we'll see. And I don't know. It's, it's my birthday Saturday night. My mom's going to be there. I'm just going to make a good dinner and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Two days of racing is hard enough. Getting up for the third and waiting around. It's gonna be cold too. Like, yeah. really. um, like I knew it because because of the kite surfing. I follow the wind, and I knew there was gonna be a north wind coming in a few days before. So I knew it was gonna be colder than it's been. We've got really lucky in the past. Yeah. Um, but the temperature is starting to plummet. Like the summit forecast is like Friday is like a high of like thirty four or something like that, thirty five. Um, <clears throat> they should be. It's going to be a little bit warmer and sunny, but yeah, I think everybody's uh, may not be ready for this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're packing heavy. Like we're, we're bringing, the, yeah. bringing the dry fit robe or the, the dry robes and the whole deal. Just Yeah, I mean, if it's dry, it should be all right. But like that north, if it's, if it's supposed to be in the peak, like 20 mile per hour winds, um, which will be like 10 to 15, there'll be a breeze the whole time. That for some of the early heats um, with a north wind, that's with temperatures in the low 40s and 30s, like that's pretty cold. Um, but I guess we don't get any water, so it kind of negates it a little bit. Yeah, if it's if it's dry, it's fine. I, I can handle. It. We can we can all handle the cold. But it's just if it if it's wet and cold, that's what's just freaking miserable. Well, it's gonna be be damp in the morning. It's that time of year. Like we've been getting some rain that it is moist up here. So like morning's gonna be damp and cold, and it's gonna feel a lot colder than it really is. Well, but... You guys in the south, you'll be all right. <laughs> I think so. So you've seen the course layout, all the obstacles. What are you thinking about the, the layout? How it's looking? Uh, I... I'm. I'm really excited about the obstacles. Um, they've seemed to uh, make some of them a little bit longer, change like bottom they started changing up. Um, like last year was good, but it definitely didn't feel as much of an obstacle racing world championship as it should be. Um, but this year seems like even the cool thing of that new little heavy carry thing, like through the obstacles, like super cool. Like it just provides like not, it gets you out of that Spartan realm where you just like it's hammering fitness with upper body, just pure strength. And that's it. Um, so it, I think it should make a really exciting race. Um, I sometimes not really sure about what they're doing with the three K again with the climb, but I, I think I get, it. I think they're just trying to, wherever they're going to put, put the world championship, they're going to make sure it's a representation of the area. So, you know, obviously they're going to put the, the climb in there. It should be a little more interesting this year because it's not right off, like, you're not just starting climbing up. Yeah. So, because with just the climb, you get everybody with adrenaline, people jetting out. It should balance out some, but it should put, like, some really fast runners and obstacle people in front for that first, whatever, three minutes. And then you have the climb that's going to start. Hopefully, there's there's lead changes. Like, that would be the cool thing. Like, I think that's, that's what we all want. Keep the pack close and, you know, some fun battling. I think, yeah, and I think they're going to, anytime they're on the side of the mountain, they're going to have that climb, no matter yeah. what. It's just, it is what it is. And plus, there's just so much space to go wide, width-wise, and I guess they just want to go yeah. up and down. Um, do you know anything about Stairway 3.0? Nobody seems to know. I can't tell. I can't find anything out. <laughs> Stairway 
have no uh, idea. So either. No, we looked at that one and drop zone. We're waiting to figure out what those two are. Yeah, people kept asking about that. I think I had a, there was a couple other I wasn't really sure about, but um, the 15K should be interesting. That's a couple of those new obstacles. And the fact that we get to the peak and we come down, but then there's still two more climbs and a carry. Um, I think that's going to be interesting for the race. Because last year, like, you bombed down a massive descent, and then basically the race is over at that point. Like yeah. You can just empty it. Now you got to empty it, and then you're going to see people going back up and down and up and down. Um, so I, I think it, again, I think it bodes well just to have some good lead changes. Um, it's going to be interesting having some guys like Rylan and Veerman there um, who haven't done this before and are like super fit. Um, because I think because of Spartan, they're probably more apt to try to like take it out really hard mm -hmm. and like maybe they just run away with it. Um, or maybe they're not good at this race. I don't know. <laughs> we haven't seen it. You, you know, know, it's funny, man. We've been watching Ryland right the whole time, especially this year. Yeah. And it's constantly been a, yeah, but he hasn't done this yet. Yeah, but he hasn't done this yet. Yeah. He hasn't done this yet. And I mean, I don't think of him as an obstacle guy generally. Yeah. But I know he's been hitting the ninja gym. He's been training. He's got the strength. So if he's if he's figured out the technique, he could be freaking deadly dangerous. He could be. He absolutely could be. Um and, but it's like the cool thing is we just don't know until it happens. Um I'm still a little up in there. Like I still haven't really figured out what happened in Kelowna. Um I know like he kind of ran away with it, but like it seems like everybody was failing half the things. And it just seems like a really odd race. I, I don't know. I've heard uh, some people say the wind was really whipping around in the spear, spear area, and that's why a lot of people failed to spear. Um, it was odd weather as well. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. everybody was going there expecting dry heat and forest fires, and they got winter conditions. I think it just caught everybody off guard and ended up throwing a wrench and everything. And then the next day, it went out and looked like business as usual. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. Um, but I mean, part of that is, you know, Atkins can just go and go and go. And these yeah. guys, like most of us dump our hearts into a race. <laughs> we can't really come back the next day. Like he does. He's, uh, he's something else. But yeah, it was, it was, I, like I said, it was just a weird one. I think it was just an off, a strange location and a strange race and it got different results. Yeah. I, I was full on board no matter what happened here to go to that. Um, but they canceled my flight. <laughs> Like, I actually didn't book it. They stopped the only – I was going to take a direct flight from Montreal to Kelowna, and they got rid of it. And then it was just like the traveler was silly. And then I found out it was at altitude too. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to travel 18 hours across the country. So, like, just not worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. So this year you're headed in the backyard. You're ready to go. What's your prediction? How are you going to do this time? Are you going to take it all? Come on here. We want gambling information. There's a high underground OCR betting scene. You, you, know, you, <laughs> you always go in to win. I, I don't know. You should know that by now. I don't think I can right. race a race where I don't put my neck in it. Um, I'm just – I'm really excited to get past the first, like, five minutes of both races where the anxiety and everything goes out the door. And um, – 
the race becomes a race. Uh, and, and that's why we love OCR Worlds is because there are a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of, the hills are up and down and it, and it's, it becomes a race. You know, it's not just these flat out three mile sections of running to easy obstacles. Like there's tactics and strategy and like, you're not banking on anybody failing anything, but people do go slower. Um, like I have a video of going up the climb with, uh, a sketch last year in the 15k and i was 10 seconds behind two of the athletes literally like they're on the obstacle and i'm walking up to it and we come off at the same time so like it just you know got racing hard at this race and getting fast into the obstacles and fast out of them um it's it's i think you know it's why we all kind of fell in love with obstacle racing and spartan racing you know the spartan race used to be a you know, the terrain was ridiculously rugged, which is an obstacle. You know, the obstacle, the carries were a big factor. Luckily, Killington, we had that, which made the race a lot more fun. Um, and there's just variables at play that created um, a challenge, you know. And that's why we all love still love OCR Worlds is because we still get that, you know. And I think that's what's going to be a blast. So um, I'll come out, you know, everybody we try to win. But... <laughs> see how it goes I, I really don't know like i've put i'm probably haven't been in put this um quality of training in since 2019 um so you know i've my time trials up a bunch of climbs um from the spring and last year are, uh 10 to 15 percent faster than they were um so you factor that into my performance last year and say, all right, if you could run 10 to 15%, maybe a little faster, that should put you on par to running with, with you know, Atkins and hopefully Veerman and Rylan. And I think uh, Sergey will be a good competitor. Igor will be back. Um, I'm not sure about any of the other guys from Europe. Um, yeah, I wasn't even sure if the Russians were coming. I didn't know if they were going to make it or I, not. No, I follow Ser Sergey, and they were doing a big photo shoot. So I assume, like, I figured it was for coming out here, but maybe they can't make it. I mean, Igor made a lot. I assume they can come this year. Um, but I know, I mean, Sergey did good in Spartan Worlds, and he's 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 really good. Um, I don't really know. I haven't really followed much of the scene over there. So I don't really know who is, um, who's good. I mean, I've had, I always have people like, Hey, watch out for this guy. Watch out for that guy. Yeah. But, um, I've never raced him, so I have no idea, but I think it will be a good battle. I mean, I'm sure VJ is going to put his stuff together. Veerman, Rylan Atkins, um, Aaron hasn't been running much, but he always, uh, races hard. Um, I don't know if, uh, um, Logan's going to be there. I haven't really seen much of him this year. Uh, I saw him at Indian Mud Run, and that's that's about it. Yeah, uh, Sean will be will be hopefully fun to watch in the three k. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we have some other people show up. You know. Well, mm -hmm. I think I think this might be the hardest year. Like we tried to do picks and stuff, and I think this might be the hardest year to do any picks for the men's field whatsoever. It's just. It's, it's very much a coin toss. So many of you guys are so close together that any of those guys in the list that you just rambled off could win and at the same time could come 11th. You know? So 
it's it's going to be exciting. Really yeah. looking forward to it. I, I, I'm excited to have Veerman, Rylan, Atkins, and, and BJ now because that's a group of guys that in the past haven't really they don't have a history of like messing something up. They're always going to be ones clawing back into the race. And, you know, that's how I try to put my identity as well. I might not be the fittest, but I got, I got, hopefully I'm not going to be the one that fails something. And that tends to be that group of guys are the ones who've always been kind of consistent. You know, Atkins is the king of that. Um, but the rest of us are, are very similar. I, probably why we're showing up to this race. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, Thank you very much for doing it, doing this. We really appreciate it. Um, we're definitely rooting for you. Thanks, Dave. It's going to be an amazing race. And I uh, can't wait to see you in, ooh, I don't know, a couple of days, man. What, what are you heading over? Uh, we'll be there Thursday afternoon. Nice. Where are you flying into? No, nah, we're driving. Wait, where where do you live? In the Toronto area. So it's about a nine hour, eight, eight and a half, nine hour drive. Okay. Yeah, it's about for me to get up to Toronto. It's about that. So yeah. do you actually question do you come down through like buffalo or do you cut across to like montreal buffalo it's quicker to come down that way for us we're about an hour and a half to the buffalo border so that's what going i think i'm gonna try to make it up to blue mountain but it's about the same distance time both ways but i think what i'm gonna do is try to go montreal because it's only two and a half hours from my house to the border yeah. i'm like if anything happens i can turn around there and not <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude that's exactly why we do the buffalo thing too it's the same reason it's just exactly we just shut that's down all right we just go back home have lunch and we'll call it a day exactly but it's uh yeah it's gonna be good and dude we're we're 40 minutes 40 40 to 50 minutes from blue that's where we are cool so cool. it's great all right man thank you so much i really appreciate it all and right. best of luck buddy take care man thank you